0: This this is a good topic. Let's let's talk about what uh, what music we got um, introduced to. Let's start with middle school first, and then if or not we are still listening to them. God damn it! I'm going to be really embarrassed because I'm still
1: listening to all of it. Okay, junior high school. I've got like some really big monuments in my life. Like when I got introduced to a band, they just like changed everything and i i am absolutely one of those people that gets addicted to a band for like a long period of time and at some point in middle school i didn't really have like a genre of music that i liked a lot and i wasn't really ever into music a bunch like i didn't own a lot of cds and stuff uh and then at some point one of my friends introduced me to green day and i was like this is the best thing i've ever heard in my entire life what album um the first album would have been dookie um, okay so well because they probably had Nimrod at least by the time you heard it so this is before they went emo so this is this is bef- this is before American Idiot and Beyond yeah Um. so yeah the first one I, I would have heard was Dookie and then at that point I mean it was like like two, their best one I listened to them for like two days because I got like a burned copy of my friend's CD and I was like this is so fucking good then i went out and like spent all my little kid money and probably some of my parents money and bought every single cd that they that they had i mean i, I got i got uh warning i got um oh, nimrod really? and dookie i love warning
0: oh warning was before american idiot it was it mm-hmm. was right before
1: yeah. um i got yeah. all the way up uh all the way up to um was it shenanigans was that the one with there was like there, there was one that they released right before uh right after warning and before uh, american idiot that was like it was like a compilation of their best hits with a couple new songs. Um, hmm. and I, think, I stopped
0: um, listening after warning.
1: Yeah. And, and so that was pretty good. It, and it had, um, it, had a, it had a couple of new songs that, that, that were all right. Uh, and I got all the way back to <clears throat> something 139 Slappy Hours. Or I don't know, some weird-ass one. It was like their very first CD that was like really obscure. I got that one. And I listened to nothing but Green Day for like a solid six months. Uh, but the story gets interesting <laughs> because at, uh, at a certain point... My friend liked to rub in, like, rub it in my face the fact that like my favorite band he introduced it to me, and so like I got, I got really pissed off at one, like one day, and I was like, well, fuck you, I'm not, I won't listen to Green Day anymore. I'll find my own band and I'll introduce them to you. And so like, but all I tried to do was like go online and find bands that were just like Green Day but not right. <laughs> Green Day. And uh, I ended up finding this band. They were called Agent Fifty One. And they were very, very, very similar style, but not quite as good. But I was like, but it's actually a pretty good, it's a pretty good album. And so I bought that album and I uh, <clears throat> bought that album and uh, really enjoyed it and then tried to get him into it and he didn't like it. And so my plan backfired and I just went back to listening to Green Day. So... It's okay. You don't have to do air quotes when you say "buy it" back in those days, because Napster
0: was totally legit. So. Oh yeah, and
1: this was even after Napster. Like, I got into piracy when it was like LimeWire like, and, li- Lime and Kazaa and uh, WinMX. That was my big one. I, I WinMX because it looked it looked cooler. It was like yeah. it had a shitty interface. It looked like 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 real elite hacksawer. Uh, yeah. Super geek. So I used that one, even though it was all the same fucking network. So it didn't matter what client you used. <laughs> Dude, LimeWire was the worst. Yeah. Like it literally
0: was the type of program where if you accidentally click anything but what you really specifically mean to, you're getting pop-ups. You're yeah. getting
1: pop-ups for days. Absolutely.
0: Ryan? Yeah, middle work. school um middle school was was pretty interesting, I guess you could say. So, middle school um I remember fondly that I was introduced to Romstein, uh Marilyn Manson, mm-hmm. uh Korn, Limp Bizkit like the those stuff were like the that if ones. you were still listening to would require you to own at least one reptile or amphibian yeah i think i think those were the big ones um basically whatever whoever was like playing family values tour 98 or whatever yeah, it was yeah. i don't listen to any of them anymore except for robstein i still listen to them probably at least once a month
1: which i support I still listen to the it's, shit out of Green Day. It's like that—that that has never left me. They're still one well, of my favorite bands. Um,
0: I got um, introduced to Dookie pretty early on. Yeah, uh, probably like when that album like first came out, like way before middle school. I, but yeah, I remember like
1: Nimrod. I listened
0: to some Nimrod quite a bit.
1: Yep, some good stuff. And I especially like like the the longer I listened to them as I got older, I started to like listen to the lyrics and what they were about. And like I can see my. 10 i don't know 10 the formation 12, of like, your opinions like, like 10 or 12 year old 12, 12 years old and i'm like the that i i know almost all the words to all their songs and i could see myself at that age singing like misery or blood sex and tears and like going back and being like oh that's a song about bdsm <laughs> who'd have thought i didn't realize that that's what i was singing about but that's that's what it is so how about that <laughs>
0: Um, I'm really boring, because if you remember, I'm musically retarded and did not listen to anything post-1980 until my sophomore year of high school. So junior high, grand total of zero. I mean, yeah, a lot that I'm still listening to, like Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin and the Beatles. But I wasn't introduced to any modern music yet. Okay, but, yeah, so some like of the classics, but none yeah. of the modern stuff for that time. Yeah, but don't worry. When I fell, I fell hard. High school is going to be a fun time for me. <laughs> All right, Anton, high school.
1: All right, so high school... So between so after Green Day and like coming out of middle school, I got into punk for a while. Like I got like like a solid two three years of like basically if it was on Fat Records, like that's what that was that was on my iPod. It was all like NoFX and The Descendants and you know everything in that genre. Uh, against Me, Rise Against, um, which I always got confused, uh, even though they're not even similar in style whatsoever. But then. Once I got into high school, that's when I hit like my emo phase, and I totally fell out of all of those. And I discovered Modest Mouse, and that became my favorite band for like a solid five years. This is the same. So it all it all got like slower and way more like emotional. So there's like a lot of Modest Mouse, a lot of uh, like postal really? <laughs> like well cool, uh, postal service and Death Cab for Cutie and. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones I, I and these ones I don't except for modest Mouse. I still love modest Mouse to this day, but I don't listen to any of that shit anymore. like it like the scrub soundtrack that's that's what I listened yeah. to in high school is the scrub soundtrack
0: um just a small little addition to that The moon in Antarctica is one of my top ten albums of all time.
1: oh, yeah, they're it's it's absolutely. brilliant. like it's so good. I but, still like yeah. their. The the new album that just came out I really like and I like their last couple albums, but um The Lonesome Crowded West, that's mm-hmm. one of my absolute favorite albums of all time. Uh good news for people who love bad news. Uh that was like that was one of those repeat CDs that was like the only CD in my car for like my entire sophomore year. Like that's just period. <laughs> right.
0: And the other little addition to Anton's uh the CD that has been playing and is currently playing in my car is Postal Service. <laughs>
1: I mean, the Postal Service was great. That one album was like that's like the those are the songs that everyone wanted to listen to after every breakup. For like, like, if you were using MySpace and you went through a breakup, your profile song was Postal Service. Period. Like, I know
0: I had at least one Postal Service song up on my profile. I don't remember what it was, but. Well, and uh, we were talking. Sorry, I'm not trying to derail us into a talk like talking about music. But what's interesting is they're one of those bi- uh, bands. Obviously, it was like more of a single project, but um, one of those bands where I feel like a couple of years ago, a lot of there was like a lot of clamor for like make another make yep. another album, like get back together, Postal Service. And they didn't. And this makes me sad because I love Postal Service. But more than that, it makes me happy because I feel like they as artists realized that they, caught a, they kind of caught lightning in a bottle. Yeah. And that you can't do that twice. Mm-hmm. Like, that was right around the era. If you really go back and think about the Postal Service, they had a huge sweeping effect on music in that that's when a lot of those, like, pop artists start started using more, like, EDM in all of their stuff because there was a huge market for it. So that's when we started getting, like, pop artists doing albums with DJs curating all of the the beats and the melodies and stuff like that. And obviously that's now, like, dominating basically all of music
1: yeah they they it was like it was just the perfect blend of like being about songs that were vaguely emotionally connected to things that you're going to be going through in high school and then also the fact that it wasn't just like piano music or like just like yeah. sad it was like that like that synth element it was like it's almost like super super light like dance which i i hesitate to use the word because there, there, it wasn't but it had like a beat right. to it and it was just like It was just quirky, you know? And it was quirky before, like, lolso, random, quirky was, like, a thing. Right. it was very easy for people to pick up and listen to. And the fact that it was so popular made it that you weren't embarrassed to listen to it, you know? Yeah. yeah, that's why they took off, for sure. Definitely. Which is interesting that um, I I had to look it up to to verify that I didn't, like, say it incorrectly. But it was the guy from Death Cab who... Did yeah. that, that, that that was his solo project and it's funny that yeah, it was i mean ben gibbard and what was his buddy's name that did all the beats um
0: andrew I, something
1: I literally got pulled up uh ben gibbard and jimmy tamborello jimmy tamborello which if you're gonna make beats for a
0: song and your last name is tamborello that's pretty sick yeah just call me jimmy Tambourine.
1: yep yeah, so I mean that was it was good. It's interesting that that album got so popular, and I, I know Death Cab got really popular too. Like they were they did you know oh, yeah. very well for themselves, but I still feel like I, I'd be willing to bet that that Postal Service album Give Up sold more than Death Cab's best album. I'd be curious to know, but I would too, and I wouldn't doubt if it had. I also got I also, especially uh, once you throw
0: in the remastered extended edition sales.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely, because that's been re released yeah. like so many times. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right, Ryan, high school, buddy.
0: Um so freshman year was weird. Um,
1: <laughs> it was for all of us, don't worry.
0: <laughs> yeah. So freshman year, I was introduced to a lot of shit, uh, shit being papa roach, p o d, um Lincoln Park, which lasted a lot longer than any of the others. Yeah, those were the main ones for like freshman year, and then uh and then the rest of them were, you know, just like, no Effects, uh, Misfits, Taking Back Sunday, Postal Service, The Muse, um, Blink-182, Carrie Brothers, Coldplay, uh, Something Corporate. Yeah. Oh, Something Corporate. They're definitely on my list of still-listened-to. I frequently pop in Something Corporate. And Jack's Mannequin, his solo project. Um, I, I've tried going back and listening to some of them. Like, what was the one I tried? Uh... Globes and Maps. No, no, not the same band. Crap. It was, they were like one of the biggest emo bands at the time.
1: And they weren't Taking Back Sunday? No. Oh. They,
0: Taking Back wasn't that... an
1: emo band, there was... I mean, the big ones, there was MyCam, there was uh, The Used, uh, Panic at the Disco oh uh, fuck this disco fallout boy fallout boy so, fuck fallout boy dude fuck, but you here's got, the thing you that,
0: <laughs> uh what was it from oh, under man. the cork tree or whatever that album was tight no, i unironically it, it loved tight. that album i loved it sugar we're going down like God, that yeah, song was my jam for a long time
1: i was i i, I want to
0: stick forks in my ears every time i heard that fucking thing
1: i i hit that phase for a little while like coming out of the so like I never really got into Screamo. So like the used I was never really into or like any of like like uh um like Thursday, like the ones that like really screamed I never got into. But coming out of like the emo stage of, you know, uh death cab and like that kind of stuff, I wanted to I wanted to like move back towards punk at some point. Like I, I was sick of being like, you know, listening to nothing but really sad, depressing slice my wrist music. So right. like the natural the order. Point. Yeah. Well, the natural order was to move. Like I wanted, I just wanted it heavier. You know, I want. I wanted it. I I wanted to go back to my punk roots. So the natural ebb and flow for like for like a year as I fell into that trap. And so like it was all. I mean, it was still like Blink. You know, like like Blink was still a little like emo for for a little yeah. while. And some forty one and uh and Fall Out Boy and Panic and some forty one you know, wasn't too emo. Yeah, not they, I nearly mean, they as bad as Panic at the Disco. Yeah, not not nearly as bad. I mean, I still to this day like Mike M. I think they're a great band. Oh, so I was thinking of
0: Newfound Glory.
1: Oh, Newfound New Found Glory. Glory. Yeah. I yeah, went yeah. back
0: to like listen to them and. His voice Goddamn. is pretty grating if you haven't heard it in a while. Really- uh, dude, My Chemical Romance, unironically, they're one of the really cool examples of a band that really grew because back when they came out with like uh, the the album that had uh, I'm Not Okay, I Promise and like all of that on it, uh, Pre- it was very much like the high school idea of like hey, like, everything's not okay. I feel like shit. Like, this isn't fair. I'm sick of it. But then, like, with each new release, they kind of grew with their audience instead of trying to stay in that genre, which is what I feel kind of bit the used in the ass. Well, first of all... They had one album, and then they took like twenty years to release the next one, which really screwed them over. But other than that, like they released another emo high school feel bad album. But by that time, all the kids that were in high school at that time weren't into that kind of music. So it just flopped. Oh, also
1: Def punk. Oh, yeah, I think yeah. it was um yeah. junior year was when I bought homework. I didn't get into electronica at all until after high school, I don't think. but this that make oh, it yeah, kind yeah, of makes sense you. because this is I'm sort of offset from you guys by a couple of years. Um, yeah. so yeah, I mean, I, uh, after high school, that's, I got really heavy into like when we were doing all the land parties, like, uh, in, in my garage and stuff, that's when like I found sandstorm for the first time and mm-hmm. got really into house and drum and bass and, yeah. um, like more, more heavily produced stuff like, uh, uh, Daft Punk and justice and you know, those, that kind of stuff. Like I, I, there was that, that's when I first started to realize that I don't really like lyrics. Like still to this day, my favorite music is music that's either instrumental or, doesn't have lyrics or alternatively i've really started to get into hip-hop and like it's like if it's gonna have lyrics i want it to be about the lyrics and have there be like wordplay that justifies the fact that i'm listening to someone else's problems um so (laughs) like but like yeah i don't besides punk i still don't listen to much stuff that's lyric heavy besides hip-hop
0: yeah 2002 um yeah i bought darude's sandstorm album was which was pretty much 12 songs (laughs) of the exact same (laughs) thing yep yeah, like that was that was like a good and really bad time for electronic music because it was pretty much all happy hardcore. Yeah, yeah. That's happy hardcore, hardcore was
1: like so popular. Yep. And uh Castles in the Sky, that was another big one. That yep. that, that fucking song was everywhere. I
0: honestly I still don't mind it.
1: Oh, no, it's great. It's great. And I I, I unironically still love Sandstorm. That's a, It is such yeah. a good song. Like, if you're at a party and people are drinking and you put that song on and turn it all the way up, you, you cannot not dance and have a good time to it. It's just, like, the beat is so fucking good. <laughs> I feel like, though, that's why it became the internet sensation that it has. Like, it wasn't
0: I'm Never Gonna Give You Up. It wasn't the song where, like, You quote it to piss people off and to make them go, Oh, like I'm turning this off. Like it really was the song where everyone's like, This again. Aw, like let's listen to it. Let's listen to it. No problem,
1: whatever.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like you can't you can't hate Sandstorm. Like you can say it's annoying and you can't listen to it a million times in a row. And that's fine. That's true of most songs. But yeah, you pepper it in at the the appropriate time. Sandstorm is a great tool in the tool belt. Absolutely. So I as as I've already mentioned on the podcast, I uh sophomore year of high school. So Utah is weird in that uh you don't actually move to the high school building until your sophomore year of high school. Uh high school only consists of your tenth, eleventh, and twelfth grades. Um oh, ninth grade is still at junior high school. So that kind of helps explain a little bit why like mine was messed up and like middle school quote-unquote I didn't listen to any new music so I get into my sophomore year of high school and as uh, faithful listeners will know the first album that I was gifted by a pretty girl so I felt I had to listen to it was Weezer's green album oh and I fell in love with it like it's no longer my favorite Weezer album I still love it and I'll listen to it but like as I grew to know Weezer better it's not my favorite but what's interesting is that I also grew up as faithful listeners will also know I grew up in a very Christian household. So there were some bands that were kind of like off limits. And uh, I remember a lot of my friends were listening to stuff like Nine Inch Nails. And I couldn't oh, listen yeah. to that because that was the Antichrist. You know, like they're singing about terrible things like sex. And Nine Inch Nails is a reference to the nails they used to hang Christ. So it's awful and evil and don't listen oh, to really? it. Oh, really?
1: I didn't know that. Yeah, I, guess, that, I, guess, it, those, I guess it makes that's sense. That's one of those I mean, rumors, right? What else yeah. do you use
0: Nine Inch Nails for? <laughs> but Exactly. <laughs> So uh, a lot of the bands that Ryan mentioned previously fell into that category. So I didn't listen to them. And this is like the system of a down POD. Like I didn't listen to any of those until it was like way past. Like <laughs> nobody was listening to them anymore just because I was old enough to make my own decisions. So I'm kind of glad that I was able to experience them in that light because I could listen to them for what they were. But I didn't have to like become obsessed with them. Like still every once in a while I'll throw on a corn song. Not because like I loved it. But because it's like, yeah, I can I can appreciate it for what it was. Dude, and got what the line. For music. Not so bad. Yeah, it's really not, you know. So I got really into Weezer. So uh, along with Weezer came a lot of those type of bands that were like safe, Fun alternative rock, you know? Uh that's when I very first uh started listening to cake, which I'll carry cake oh, with yeah, me to the grave. Absolutely. Like I cake love rocks. cake, you yep. know what I mean? Yep, yep, yep. yep, I started listening to Muse, I started listening to like Story of the Year, Something Corporate, Ryan like K. all of
1: those types. Yeah, Ryan K, straight up. You know? I listened to Ryan K, K forever until I found I was like, wait, are these Are these songs about Jesus? (laughs) They sure are. I think think he's talking about Jesus in these songs. (laughs) Well, and then what was really funny is the
0: way I was introduced to punk music was a super Christian punk band called Five Iron Frenzy. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I listened to Five Iron Frenzy and I was like, this is really good. But then because of that, I got suggestions for like other punk songs and I listened to those and I'm like, wow, Five Iron Frenzy sucks balls. (laughs) They are not a good punk band at all. Like it's really... Like, I understand that they were trying to, like, uh, draw the kids in who were Christian and, like, give them their own punk. But there are certain types of music that you just, like, can't do that with. Like, you can't have really Christian metal. I'm sorry. Like, death metal. It just doesn't work.
1: Wasn't MXPX Christian as well?
0: I believe so, yeah. I'm pretty sure they were. And
1: And they weren't too bad. But then, no they weren't
0: over the top like they weren't literally singing about like he died for you so you know exactly, you should praise yeah. him it was just like, like they were did... just like
1: safe topics like it, just, they, yeah, yeah, they, it, it yeah
0: exactly so yeah it was all <laughs> that uh all of the really 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 safe happy music and then am I am I moving on to further in high school uh well, it's just all of high school yeah oh, okay so that's sophomore year like just really safe really happy junior year I went buck wild like i fell off a deep end that i didn't know existed um a friend let me listen to thrice oh man obsessed with thrice and from thrice i got into thursday and from thursday i got into finch and from finch like i was listening to taking back sunday and afi and like all of these bands senses fail like just like really heavy shit you know what i mean where i was just like I am so cool. And then from there, because I had missed so much music, I picked up a lot of older bands that I just hadn't listened to ever, like uh, Alkaline Trio, Shit, Bad Religion, stuff like that. They had been around forever, but I didn't know about it, right? So kind of the more like, we have a message, like listen to us, Henry Rollins type, like angry, like listen to my angry message. And it, it was awesome. Like it was a super freeing type, you know, whatever. Then my senior year of high school... Uh, again, like there was this weird thing where I kept picking up new bands, but then also picking up old bands. I think the two bands I probably listened to the most my senior year was Guster, who now is my favorite band of all time. Like I could listen to Guster every day for the rest of my life and be happy with it. And the Beastie Boys. Like those <laughs> oh, were the yeah. two bands yep. that I listened to the most because I had never heard Beastie Boys and they <clears> were so good. Like it was three white kids rapping about New York. And I, I always up, wanted to go to New York, you know. Yeah, I like, picked up Intergalactic and the uh, uh, was it the License to Ill? No, Eminem's uh, Slim Shady. Oh, oh yeah, the Slim yeah. Shady. Yeah, yeah, that was that was more with like my senses fail era was like Eminem because he was also angry, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, he was mad
1: all he, the fucking time. <laughs> right. Well, like, no, I actually I picked those up in middle school. Oh, really? Yeah, wow.
0: like I said, it was like. I was behind, not because I'm young like Anton, but because I just I was late to the game, you know. So I had a lot of catching up to do very quick, and I feel like I did it okay. Like it's still good. Um, also, senior year, like I was kind of trying to balance happy with um, with like heavier. So that's when I did get into stuff like paramore and like those other like. Uh, I am now ashamed to say it, but I loved Evanescence. I thought they were super awesome, and having a girl singer was awesome. I also listened to Flyleaf and, like, all that stuff, where it's, like, a little bit heavier, but also still kind of okay. Yeah. It was a very geeky, hardcore band. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. All the nerds loved it. And then, yeah, I did not listen to Electronica until probably, like, four years ago didn't even get into it like i had never heard a daft punk song until like four years ago and i found daft punk weirdly enough via lcd sound system oh yeah like i started cool. listening to lcd sound system a ton and they have that song daft punk is playing at my house and i'm like well shit i guess i gotta listen to daft punk and that's how i got into them see i'm, I'm surprised you didn't get into him because of kanye west sampling of uh Bigger, stronger, harder, faster. whatever. I don't know if I've ever heard a Kanye West song. That
1: uh, that came
0: out in like 06 or 07 and nothing to this day has made me like nerve rage more when people were like Oh yeah, like oh that's from something else.
1: I'm just like you, motherfucker. Like like the Daft Punk song would play, and people like oh I love Kanye, and he'd be like no, you fucking yeah. goddamn it. Oh yeah, okay, I, but I hate that pet peeve.
0: But you see, this is where you guys have to remember. I have another two year blind spot, yeah. and it's 2005 to 2007 where I serve my mission because you can't listen to music. Yeah. So if it came out between 2005 and 2007, I like I probably still don't know about it.
1: Um, before we move forward i i i got i missed two big ones uh in the modest mouse phase of early high school and that was wilco and ben folds and i got oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. super into ben folds for a long time yeah. uh until he came out until he did the soundtrack for that animated movie over the hedge oh yeah and that was not good <laughs> it was not good the whole album like the entire his album was the soundtrack to that movie and it was just like it was, like, the most sellout thing that I've ever seen someone do. And it was yeah. so fucking bad that I don't think I've listened to Ben Fold since. Like, I still love, like, his first albums right. and Ben fi- Benfold 5s, which I think there were six of them, which will always confuse me. Um, but <laughs> it is very confusing. Um, um, if yeah. you
0: want to treat yourself, uh, you actually went the wrong way with the math. In Ben Fold's 5, there were three people.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Whatever. Yeah. I, yeah, I I got, it, which is <clears throat> I knew it was, like, the Hitchhiker's yeah, Guide, like, the five... The five book trilogy. I knew it was like there's the wrong number of people for the for the right reason they had that number. Exactly.
0: Right. Um if you want to have some fun though, treat yourself to the new like Ben Folds Five reunited and did a new album and went on tour. It's called Sound of the Life in the Mind. It's good. It's real oh, good. And you. Ben Folds himself did a couple pretty good albums after Over the Hedge that you should check out. Uh Songs for Silverman and um
1: No, I think that was before. I've heard Songs what? for Silverman.
0: Oh, okay yeah, yeah. and then I saw I guess the one after would have been way too normal they had the song with Regina Specter on it
1: yeah oh know. Regina Spector. I love Regina
0: Specter so yeah, yeah so do I but she, she was another no, one where didn't. I did not get her until high school and yeah. but I love Regina she's so awesome yeah um yeah Wilco so one of my favorite concerts I ever saw was um Guster Benfold's five. And the bare naked ladies. I didn't really care about the bare naked ladies, even though, like, yeah, I went through a period. I went through the same period everyone else did with uh, freaking Smash Mouth and uh, bare naked ladies, and it was fine. Yep, I did but, not uh, do the Smash Mouth. Yeah.
1: Oh man, if there, it, the, the Smash Mouth was elementary. It was elementary school for me, <laughs> yeah. and everyone on my bus knew all the words to all-star and that was like oh, our yeah. morning rituals everyone was like listening to that on their fucking discman or walkman's <laughs> and yep. like who could who could sing it and not fuck up the lyrics <laughs> was, yeah. yeah and then shrek came out and ruined it
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah shrek. well no it was um mystery man yeah it was mystery man was shrek
1: oh yeah i, I will say though uh all-star is the album that smash mouth is most known for but if you haven't listened to their first album Fushu Ming which came out before like well before All Star before they were associated with Nickelodeon and movies and kids and they were like trying to market themselves to children. That first album is actually legitimately very good. Like they swear Mm -hmm. on it and there's like there's a whole song about them partying on their lawn and getting kicked out of their apartment because they were way too drunk. And, um, there's a song all about pet names that he, that him and his girlfriend would call each other when they were having sex and like all this like stuff that you would never, ever associate Smash Mouth with. But it was, right. it's like, it's a parental advisory Smash Mouth album. So if you, if you haven't heard it, it, it it's, it still is Smash Mouthy. So it might not be up anyone's alley. And that's, I, I <laughs> right. think that's everyone, but it's definitely worth right. a listen.
0: Right. Um, uh, another one that I forgot really early on, like right after Weezer, Oh, they just left me again. Oh, no, they're back. Um, The Ataris. I got super, super, super into the Ataris, like, right before they came out with So Long Astoria. So it was, like, still when they were, like, all of their songs were under two minutes, and it was, like, really, really fast punk. And then So Long Astoria came out, and I loved it. Like, and I still love it. I understand that it's, like, their sellout album. It's the one that everyone's, like, they just made it to make money, and it's all for 14-year-old girls. And that might be true... And it appeals to the part of my heart that is a 14-year-old girl, because I still love it.
1: I don't think I've ever listened to them. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, and then, like, as I, as I went through, like, all of the weird, happy stuff that I went through in high school, and then I transitioned to, like, the really grumpy stuff in uh, my junior year... I actually made, I wish I could find this. I made myself like a little uh, CD, a mixtape, if you will. And the entire point of the CD was to have songs that had really, really depressing messages, but the music was really, really upbeat. Hmm. and like it had a lot of senses fail and alkaline true and all these stuff like they have that one song that's the countdown and it's like they murder someone and then go down to the river and cut off their fingers and like all these things and it's super messed up but it's like this really happy punk song Hmm. it was awesome
1: it's good stuff there's oh god oh and
0: senior year was like brand new and bright brand new
1: brand new i i was just thinking like that's that album with the astronaut like that that was really popular it was like the exact same genre so
0: (laughs) right and that's, yep. that's another one that ages
1: really, really well. Yep. Uh, that album is fantastic still to this day. I love it. That's one of my... That's like on my top 10 list of cliche tattoos that I hate is that astronaut. Like, I've mm-hmm. seen that tattoo so many times. Uh, along with like the Blink-182 face. I see mm-hmm. that one a lot. Um and people who just get corn in the corn letters, like like that, <laughs> mm-hmm. I see that tattoo so often, and it's like, are you just saying that you just you just like the band, so you just got the logo with like the backwards R? <laughs> like I right, all right. Um,
0: I can't I can't um, claim to say I got into them when they were early, but I do remember that one of the cur- uh, one of the coolest girls, or who I thought was like the coolest girl in my school, was super into No Doubt when oh, they were, yeah. uh, like first coming out with. What was it? It was like the Something Kingdom album or mm-hmm. whatever it was. Mm-hmm. But I do remember um they they were like a big thing for Yeah. Um two more that I don't know if we've mentioned that were a big deal. When I was listening to my feely feely music, uh Dashboard Confessional. Oh yeah. And uh The Decemberist. Yeah. I was like super into both of them. The and then when I was hits. in my angry phase, um Tones. I got really oh, yeah, def- into Deftones. Tones. Yeah. I think everyone did right when The Matrix came out. Yep. because yeah. they were a big part of the soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's good. I still they're they're another one that I've stuck with. Like I really, really, really like Tones. I don't think I could have been your guys's friend <laughs> for a couple of those years. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> if you guys were listening to like Dashboard Confessional and Fallout oh, n- stuff, oh yeah, that yeah. then would have not melted.
1: So well. the only yeah. the only emo song, the only emo bands that I listened to were ones that were on the edge of punk. So like the like the really emo shit that was like really really like like dashboard i never got into dashboard it was just it was that was too whiny for me um so like granted like fallout boy was still really fucking whiny but at least there was a yeah. guitar there like at least it like it was like yeah it was like that same like blink 182 pop punk in the background um that it was like right on the line and so i could i could feel some feels and uh you know be a big whiny cry baby uh but also still be listening to like i could tune out the lyrics and just listen to the music as well yeah so well, you see, and I think the reason
0: that I did, and I, I'm not trying to say, like, whatever, that my experience is better or worse or whatever, but, um, I got like from the time that I was in like sixth grade until about 10th grade or 11th grade, I got dicked around by like the same girl where we were like on again, off again. But the way we would get off again is that she would go make out with someone else and then we would break up. So and this happened like seven times. So like Dashboard for me was like solace because here was this dude like screaming about missing this girl that he couldn't have. And I was like, I feel you, bro. I feel you. (laughs) Um, another one that uh, a friend just loaned me, uh, and I'm glad that they loaned me the album they did because it still is my favorite, is that they gave me a Science by Incubus. Oh, yeah. Incubus is both pretty pretty. Smart. Yeah. Incubus definitely yeah. has stuck with me. I still listen to Incubus all the time. And that is by far my favorite album. Um, I don't remember where in the timeline Science Falls. Because uh, one of my... Earlier, but not... I think it's like 4th like maybe right before morning view. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I I can't claim that I was into Incubus early cuz Morning View was like the first album that released that I bought. That was mm-hmm. like new when I bought it. Um sorry, now I'm just scrolling through my iPod and looking. And uh so Jet. Oh, Jet.
1: I remember yeah, absolutely. Jet, that, that first one album that landed. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Jet where the whole album was one song, but it was a great song. Um, And I really did. I loved it. And then um, right towards the end of high school, I started getting into like what I feel is still my music taste. And that was more like The Strokes, Jenny Lewis, Rilo Kylie, uh,
1: Tegan and Sarah, Belle and Sebastian, stuff like that. So, uh, since you got your iPod, anyways, let's, uh, mm-hmm. since this, is, this has been going on for a bit, let's, that, there was middle school and high school. Let, where, where have we all settled? Like, right now, like, obviously we all have like really diverse music tastes now, with, mm-hmm. you know, especially like Spotify and, you know, uh, our iTunes or whatever you use to listen to music. Uh, you have like infinite albums at your hand. So, uh, like, what, what are, what's your go to genres and bands? that like right now you get into the car and there isn't a podcast or a book to listen to and you don't listen to the radio so you pull up something like for 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 me i have completely fallen into two camps and it's like the no fx style like no effects bad religion style punk um melding into like pop punk like 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 nostalgic blink 182 green day like that that style or or extremely extremely west coast hip-hop like eminem the game dre uh, like any, anything even associated with those guys. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I'm actually just really quick going to pull up the Spotify web
0: player. Cause I feel like the way that I can be the most honest about this is just to read you like the last 10 bands I've listened to. There you go. Cause that will be the most effective, but Spotify and Skype do not seem to get along very well. Um, Probably the genre that's the weirdest that I listen to the most right now is straight up just like video game music, whether it's chiptunes, oh, yeah. like whatever. I, I listen to that shit all the time. Um, it's really good for work because you can just put it on and not think about it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, here we go. Okay. Here are the last bands I've listened to. Wow. Okay. This is this is revealing a lot of me personally. So there's a duo called Boy, and I found out they just came out with a new album. It's fantastic. It's like uh it's two girls and it's like acoustic rock. I really, really love it a whole lot. I feel like that's false um, advertising. <laughs> it, it sure is. <laughs> um, churches, and I love churches. You give me female vocals with like really heavy uh like drum and bass type background, I love it. Um childish Gambino because I love me some childish gambino and mastodon. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. so yeah. I uh I definitely got into metal post high school in a very big way and it still is a lot of what I choose to listen to.
1: I never really liked metal but like really clean heavy metal like that like ex- like specifically Mastodon and Children of Bodom um mm-hmm. and um there's one other one that I can't think of right now that's <clears throat> kind of like that progressive non um not like socially progressive, but like you know, like 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 non-standard, um, mm-hmm. but really clean, crisp, like obviously classically inspired metal. I can appreciate and listen to, but it's not yeah, it's not a go-to for me at all.
0: Yeah, I, I love it. Um, it's one of those that I never ever saw myself getting into it, and then someone was just like, "Here, just give this a taste," and I listened to the Macedon album, "Crack the Sky," and I was just like holy crap like this can be such good important impactful music and it's stuck with me ever since and i'm the same as you like i can listen to a lot of metal but what i like the most is usually like melodic metal where the singers actually sing and the people who play their instruments actually know how to play their instruments it's not just noise yeah ryan how about you
1: um
0: i'm still sticking to basically a lot of idiom that uh was from probably between like two thousand six and two thousand ten, um, so a lot of that stuff. Um, any rapper hip hop is normally from like the nineties, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, and then um, I still go back to like Dropkick Murphys, the Tossers, the Pogues, and um... Flogging Molly. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Not as they're... much. They're a little too. They're happy. they're there,
1: but they're kind of low on the list. I like Dropkick mm-hmm. more than I like Flogging Molly. Oh yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. That's because mm-hmm. Flogging Molly is more for the masses. Dropkick, Murphy's, like, they're the type of band where you want to go to their concert but not meet them in person because they might just kick your teeth in. Yeah. Or you know of them only because of The Departed and that right. fucking shipping up to Boston song. <laughs> oh, my song. God, yeah. St. Patrick's
1: Day. Okay. Well, I think I think we've covered music. So, uh, I don't know if we want to talk about this much, but I have been playing the shit out of Fallout 4 this week. Like, almost like every night for several hours um and i think we we had brought up fallout 4 before and i had said that i'm not really into that whole series um have either of you guys played it
0: i was just telling ryan beforehand the only reason that i am not currently playing it is i have never played a fallout game within a year of its release so i doubt
1: i'll play this one i haven't gotten far enough to get to spoilers anyways so it doesn't really matter i don't know man like i'm I don't think I'm going to play much more of it because there's no hook, you know, like it's like Bethesda games are always shitty at launch and this one is also shitty. Um, there are mm-hmm. just bugs everywhere. The graphics are terrible. Like it's not, it's not an uh, an ugly game, but compared to like, like The Witcher 3 just came out and that game is fucking beautiful and bigger and so is Dragon Age. Like that game is massive in scope and absolutely gorgeous. And this game, is I mean, it looks five years old, if not more, you know? Um, and that really upsets me. But on the same key, I can run Dragon Age at 60 frames, locked, no problems, uh, high settings. And this one, on high settings, I barely get 30. And it's like, it looks so shitty, and it runs so bad. And people are still giving it like a 9.5, like 10 yes. out of 10 perfect scores just because it's Bethesda. And I don't know, Falling man. like out. It's just because it's Fallout, and it's it's frustrating. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's not it's not real great. I mean the 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 basic hook at the beginning is you are like your classic fifties family. Uh, the bomb hits, so you and your husband and your kid go down into the vault, and then you don't realize you're getting frozen, but you get cryogenically frozen. And as you're waking up, some people come in and shoot your husband or wife, depending on what gender you play, and they take your infant, and then like. You chase after them to leave the vaults, and now, now you're open world. So there's like, there's no real, like, I haven't really gotten to a point yet where that story has continued. It's just mm-hmm. wander and talk to people and do these, hey, there's some guys over there, can you go kill them? Hey, I need this right. stuff, can you go pick that up and bring it back, and man, it's just like, I don't I don't know the mentality that I need to be in to get into this game. Yeah. Which,
0: I don't know. So that, that's something that has always like uh kind of beset the fallout series is that i I love them and it's my favorite portrayal of like post-apocalyptic america like there's something about taking it back to like the 50s that just makes it just charming as hell and i love it i love it a whole lot but whenever i'm telling new people to get into fallout it's really hard because like what I my what I always tell them is that Fallout 3 has a better story and Fallout New Vegas has better gameplay. So just depending on what you value more, whatever, like they're, they're still the opposite is fine, you know. But But then I played through Fallout 3 again and knowing the story and loving the story, you can lose the story really easily because there's so many side quests that have nothing to do with anything that you can spend like... Any game that has over 120 hours of gameplay, but you can beat the main game in two hours, like there's something wrong with that because it's just kind of like a cheap narrative. You know what I mean? And then the whole rest has nothing to do with anything. You don't have to do it. It's completely elective, except for it's not. Because if you don't do it, you won't level up enough to actually progress in the main storyline. So it's kind of this cheap gimmick to get you to level up by doing these side quests that have nothing to do with anything. But forcing you to do them because the end game can be so brutally tough in Fallout games. So yes, I love Fallout. Yes, I'll play Fallout Four. I'm excited to see what the story is all about and everything. But at the same time, it's like it's just the same shit, different pile. It's the same problem that Skyrim had. Like like you were saying, like it's just the Bethesda thing where it's like, hey, you're the Dragonborn. You have to kill the dragons. They're back. There's an evil dragon. Go kill him now spend 120 hours invading crypts and stealing stuff and then selling it so that you can have enough money to buy a sword to get killed by the final dragon and then have to go do more side quests and level up more. And it's just like, whatever. It's like they're trying not to be old JRPG where you have to grind, but you do. Yeah. They just disguise it.
1: Yeah, and um, the biggest problem is like that I have with it, I think, is just the structure of like, how you progress. Um, the It's not like Skyrim where the enemies level up with you so you can go anywhere, and it's just always a constant challenge. Like, there are, like... it As you get farther away from where you start, things get more difficult to kill. So you, like, you have to level as you expand. But there's no real... Re, there's no real way to know when you've crossed, like, that invisible line from, like, the level 10 area to the level 20 area. And so you'll just be walking along, and you'll, like come across a rabid wasteland dog and just massacre him like no problem go 10 feet farther and like another dog will come and just tear your fucking balls off like no problems and it's just like god damn it like can you like give me some sort of like feedback on like where i'm supposed to be going and um, right and uh i don't know man there's I don't. know. I have a million complaints with this game. I won't. I won't get into it. But um.
0: yeah, but that's still that's still an ongoing joke with New Vegas. Is that when you very first start the game, you start in a city called Good Springs, and the joke is like, I'm a hardcore gamer. I go left out of Good Springs because the game guides you right, and if you go right, everything scales with you. Everything, whatever. If you go left, you go straight to Deathclaw Valley. Like. Oh, yeah. So it's like new players who don't pay attention to what the NPCs are telling them and go left. Like, you will just get destroyed and have no idea. And I know lots of people that that was their experience with Fallout. Like, they started it, they went left, they got destroyed, and they're like, oh, this is one of those games, like Dark Souls, and they put it away and never played it again. Because they're like, I just, I'm not into that kind of game.
1: Yep. So that's that. Um, I'm probably not going to play much more of it uh, because Tomb Raider just came out. So I am going to... I'm going to mainline those butt physics dude and and they said that this game is actually has a lot of tombs to raid unlike the last one cuz the last last Tomb Raider was a solid fucking game that I enjoyed but yeah. there was like three three tombs and they were optional and it, it was mm-hmm. did not pertain to the story but uh, I love this reboot and uh right. Square Enix is they they're doing something right with it with it so Um
0: are you playing it on PC Anton? Oh yeah absolutely okay
1: yeah Yeah, I still don't have a console. um, So that's why I uh, could only watch um, and play uh, until dawn at a friend's house. But this one's on PC, so I can stream it to the TV downstairs and play with um, the uh, Shield controller.
0: Okay. Yeah, I was just about to say um, uh, I guess it's kind of stupid to ask because, like, Tomb Raider was originally a keyboard and mouse game. Yeah. Because it's PC. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I was going to ask if you're using a controller or not.
1: I I mean, I'm going to. It's funny that I. I'm, I'm gonna try to play with the controller first because it's more comfortable on the couch to play with the controller yeah. Um, but I, I got to the point where I couldn't play fallout with the controller anymore because it's just I can't do first-person shooters with a stick It like I can't aim without a mouse. And so I, I think that Tomb Raider is gonna be platformy enough that I don't it's not gonna have a lot of shooting I don't think so Like, or it's probably gonna have an auto-aim like mechanic like um Uncharted does so I don't think I'll need to use a keyboard and mouse But I will break it out if I if I get into a gunfight and die because of the goddamn Joystick like that's I immediately pull the batteries out throw it on the other side of the couch and get the keyboard and mouse (laughs) So we'll see
0: It's funny that I still uh, have that bias of there are some games that I play for PC and while I understand that it probably functions better keyboard and mouse I still will only play it controller just because that's how I played it. And Fallout is one of those. I do not disagree that Fallout is a much better game on keyboard and mouse. It is. <laughs> like, that's just the way that it works. Except for
1: fucking navigating the goddamn menus. I, it's, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It makes... Ugh, biggest yeah. gaming pet peeve is when they port console menus to the computer and you can't navigate with the mouse. You have to use the keyboard. Like, that yeah. shit drives me goddamn apeshit.
0: Yeah. <laughs> And I even know a lot of people who. So the games that I've been playing the most right now, just because they're what I have, is Metal Gear Solid Five and Rocket League. Mm-hmm. And I use a controller for both of those, but I know people who use keyboard for both. Like that blows my mind. I would never use a keyboard for either of those games ever. Like playing a Metal Gear game with a keyboard just feels dirty to me. Like yeah. there's it seems just like it no would be way. Weird. Yeah, yeah, it would be. I've never played a Metal Gear game with a keyboard mouse. Mm-hmm. So it's been game boy or ps2 yeah dude that ps2 though
1: i will say though um i did download the last need for speed which i think was rivals um Mm -hmm. whichever one it was it's a couple years old because there's a brand new one coming out pretty soon um just because i want i wanted a controller game i could just sit back and play for a couple hours and racing games with a controller are just the best like Mm -hmm. they are so much fun because like you need three buttons and a joystick and that's exactly what you've got and so it's it's perfect i've been enjoying that
0: dude you just got to get Burnout uh i don't remember if it's two or three is the good one i think it's two yeah yeah just get burnout Two and play it all day every day because you can it's amazing it's yep. just such a fun game i think there was like a need for speed i think it was a need for speed um where it, it was all on the uh island of oahu and i sunk a ton of time into that game yeah. that was ridiculous i probably sunk like 30 hours in that which is a lot for me for a racing game yeah yeah yeah, the, the only Need for Speed that I sunk a ton of time into was The Most Wanted because the whole yeah, chase feature was super
1: fun. So, uh, the fun story about uh, Need for Speed Rivals is uh, when I was looking up reviews for it before I d- uh, downloaded it, um, everyone complains about this one feature where it's you can't play single player. Like It's a single player game, but you, you get on the island and it connects you to their servers and like it just like randomly dumps like five or six people onto the islands to play together. And, like, you just drive around and do your own stuff, but you can run into them and then race them, and, like, people can, like, challenge you to a race, and then you're just, like, automatically into a race with them or, like, uh, cops versus robbers, you know, runaway Mm -hmm. pursuit thing. And everybody hates it, right? So this is one of those times where I didn't even really... I never saw that because I pirated it, and that like blocks you from joining the servers. And if you if, if you if it can't connect, then you get a true single player, like nobody else is around, and it's great. Like I I don't have any of those problems. So <laughs> one another reason why if you paid for the game, you're really losing on this specific situation.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of those type of things now where um, I feel like uh, game devs are really screwing themselves over by forcing internet connectivity for features that we didn't want in the first place. Like Metal Gear has that whole forward operating base uh, mechanic that everyone hates because basically you can turn the game off and come back and it's like, oh, someone snuck in and stole a million of your resources and 800 of your soldiers and everyone's like, oh, this is bullshit. Like, I just want to play, like, well, let's be honest. If they're playing a Metal Gear game, they're like, I just want to watch I do Like, I don't, yeah. don't want to have to deal with online play. And it's like, you guys just don't connect to the internet. If you're yep. never connected, they can they never hurt you. You're
1: off. <laughs> <laughs> they can't find you if you're not plugged in. <laughs> got on Jack, man. <laughs>
0: for real. If Neo taught us anything, it's that always online games are bullshit. Yep. That's what the Matrix was an allegory for, was the, the era of EA in. games online. <laughs> oh, I played um, a little bit of Battlefront. Um, oh, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. How, so how is that? I, I didn't get in. I, I didn't play the beta. I missed it and uh, I'm not going to buy it. So uh, um, h- how is it? So I'm uh, after learning about their like weird DLC thing. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to buy
0: it because um, neither am I, which I'm heartbroken. It's the game that I want to play the most that I yeah. won't. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I played it for probably an hour. I play like a couple of the flying things and a couple like on on ground battles. It's pretty good. Um, it looks really good. Um, it plays well, sounds good. Like I can't give any complaints for gameplay. It's pretty Right.
1: But, is it um, as fleshed out as um, Battlefield is? Like is it is it basically is it Battlefield with skins? Is that essentially like uh or is it are they, I, they actually put a lot of work into differentiating it?
0: Um honestly like it just feels like another Battlefield in the in the best yeah. or uh, Battlefront. Um, In the best way. Like, it just feels like a newer version of Battlefront. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I just, like, that's the thing, is releasing a $60 game with $50 DLC, it's just like, I'm sorry. Like, I just can't support that, which sucks. Because, like... It's messed up. There is no game I can imagine coming out in my lifetime that I should be more excited for. Like, this plays to all of my... Like, I am a huge Star Wars nerd... And first person shooters are my jam. So like that world together, I've been waiting for this game for 25 years. You know, like I just I've always wanted it. And now it's here and I just can't do it. I just can't support that kind of thing. (laughs) Well, and it's not even it's not even me. Like that's what sucks about stuff like this is it's like I live a comfortable life where I'm a single dude in my 20s. If I wanted it, I could spend one hundred and ten dollars and play this game. But I know plenty of people who can't and want to, and those are the people I'm screwing over if I choose to continue to support this style of game making. Yeah. Because they will keep making games that people want to play and can't afford. And it will only be the, like, you know, super single guys who have comfortable jobs that can play these games. And it's just, it's sad. Like, I just, I can't do it. I mean, like, what... what they did for, for, like, Battlefield wasn't quite as bad because you bought the initial game for 50 or $60, depending on if you wanted, like, the couple of weird DLC things that didn't really change the game dynamic too much, which was fine. And mm-hmm. then you could buy additionally, like, a big bonus pack which included, like, maps and vehicles all at once for, I think it was, like, 40 to 60 bucks. Or you could just buy them as they come out for, like, 10 bucks per map pack and stuff like that. Right. And that wasn't too bad because a lot of people just never played those extra maps. Right. Because there was never anyone on this on those maps. So well, if they did that, mean, um, it wouldn't be as bad. But the whole like you're buying half a game. Yeah. Day or, one yeah. release, you're buying half a game and the second half of the game is available.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's right there. That's that you what, have to pay for it. That's what pisses me off is like DLC like this immediately segments your like uh breaks your your uh, demographic into segments. Like there's people who will buy the $50 game and, and it's not going to purchase the DLC. So they're going to always just be on the original stuff. While most people will buy the DLC and they'll be playing different maps and different, you know, different units. And so you're going to split your user base, um, which sucks. Whereas like I'm okay with DLC that doesn't affect gameplay, like skins and customizable stuff. Like if you need to make more money, that's the way to do it. Sell me, Micro give me options yeah, like, g- give me optional stuff um, that I can buy and enjoy if I want to, you know, if I want to sink money into the game. Alternatively, if if it just costs too much money to develop these games, and if it's just too expensive to run the, the, the infrastructure to support a massively multiplayer online shooter, then charge more for the game up front and don't nickel and dime me later on. Like, if Battlefront came out and it was $90 retail box, and then there's going to be tons of, like, stuff to come out later, like, there's going to be... You know, they're going to release new maps and new stuff as the game goes on, and there's going to be continued support for it. But it was a bigger investment to start with, one flat rate. I'm okay with that. Like, that's not as bad, yeah. It's not as bad. I mean, they look, the, the developers deserve to make money. Like, I, I admittedly pirate the shit out of games because companies have bad practices, and I'm not going to reward that. But I do, like, I've been playing a lot of Heroes of the Storm lately. Blizzard and Activision don't need my money, and that's a freedom- is, that, is that the. The like multiplayer, like the, FPS? The, no, that's the MOBA. Um so oh. Heroes of the Storm is the MOBA. Overwatch, I I haven't gotten into the beta yet. Um but Overwatch is gonna be a fifty dollar box and I'm gonna or so it's forty dollars for PC or sixty dollars for console. But that's gonna be their their Team Fortress two, and it's a boxed game with uh it's gonna have DLC that's you know, skins and um, you know, non non game affecting DLC and I'm not to get into that. Oh, absolutely! I'm I'm a, I'm gonna buy it day one, um, and I'll buy it day one because I trust Blizzard because they they make good products that I enjoy. I mean, I I love all of their franchises. But um, Heroes of the Storm, that's the free their free MOBA like LOL and Dota, and I've been playing a lot of that lately. And you can slowly earn gold to buy new characters and skins and mounts, or you can use real money. And yeah. i probably sunk 120 bucks into that game, and no shame. Like I enjoy it. Like I want to play those heroes, and I buy them, and it's eight bucks to buy a hero and then i play them for 20 hours and that's a good investment to me you know like i don't yep. feel bad about that whatsoever um i'm hitting my you know hour per dollar mark that i feel is you know that's kind of like my standard necessary right yeah but like that's a good system and yep. they're they're obviously making money with it and they deserve to make money and they've set up a fair model to make money so yep that's what you that's what these developers need to do yeah i feel like that league version
0: i league probably isn't the first one to do it but exactly what you're describing where you slowly earn in-game currency But then there are things that you can't. Like, I don't know if Heroes of the Storm is the same way, but in League of Legends, if you want a character skin, you cannot buy that with in-game currency. That has to be your own money. So it does not affect the game in any way. Like, it does not give you advantages. It does not give you anything. If you just want to look cool and get street cred, you have to drop, like, five to ten bucks to to get a skin for your character. Mm -hmm. But there is no game-changing part that you can't afford with in-game currency
1: given enough time and gameplay exactly it's that's so they do the exact same thing every every character that you can play that could change the game in some fashion you can buy with in-game gold it is frustratingly slow to earn it but you Mm -hmm. can do it you can play that game and unlock every character and all of the like level one skins without paying a single dime if you just invest time into it um, There are skins, like the elite skins, like the super fancy, shiny, glowy, neon ones. Those are only with real money. And yeah. that's totally, totally fine. I, I don't yeah. buy those personally. I've only spent money to just speed up the process of unlocking characters because I don't have the, I'm not going to play this game for a year to unlock all the characters. So, like, right. my, my, my friends are probably going to play for two months. So, in that two-month time, I need to get where we're going, you know. so.
0: Anton, do you know the official release date for Overwatch?
1: Uh, it's July 2016. Holy fuck. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's all not... right. I was like, oh, I may have to upgrade my video card. Yeah, I got time. No, there's, oh, there's, you got plenty, plenty of time. time. They're doing, Um, the only reason they did the beta right now is because of BlizzCon. Like, BlizzCon just happened, and so they wanted, they're going to have all, all the people that are fans in one room at the convention center. So they did the beta for that reason. And honestly, the beta is so polished, like it could be released right now and it looks fine. So uh by the time it comes out, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a big, big fucking deal.
0: Um We we talked about this many podcasts ago. And I remember a problem
1: I had with this game was that like per class there was only one gender. Is yeah. that still the thing? Yeah, so what they're doing is they're they're using the MOBA style where they are just going to... They're, they're going to be releasing tons. They I think they said they're going to aim to have like 40 plus characters available by the time the game is released. And they're going to keep adding them afterwards. So they're not giving you gender choices uh, per character. But what the, the, the reason is that each character has a backstory. So they're not like... A, it's not like the male soldier and you can only be the male soldier. It's like the male soldier is Soldier 17 and he has a backstory and they're going to be releasing comics and um like sh- like animated shorts and stuff that like they're, they're creating a universe where each character is like a unique person and so that's why there isn't a uh, gender choice
0: um but is it like
1: so obviously there's like a female sniper for example yeah but there's no like male sniper so it's not even it's not even that simple as like a sniper like it's every character is like super super unique in like what they can do like there is a character who functions as a sniper but like they they've got like it's kind of like like nova from starcraft ghosts like that kind of like very much a i don't know i don't really know how to describe it but yeah there isn't like another character who is a sniper but there are a lot of really unique classes there's like a monk style healer that like Throws. Okay, I should.
0: I guess I should say ranged combat. Yeah, no, Are, there's, is there there's more than one range. Oh, ranged...
1: absolutely. There's okay. so they all fall into like basic um, archetypes. Like, there's a ton of like, there's five or six different ranged characters, five or six different tank characters, five or six different heal uh, like healers and supporters or buffers and debuffers, um, like close, uh, ranged combat, range, ranged combat. So yeah, yeah, there's there's plenty of choices for each whatever your style is. Okay, it's so, not. Yeah,
0: I'm. I'm down. I'll probably pre-purchase this in like a couple months or something. Maybe. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I, I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna get right on the. I'm already on the bandwagon. I've been trying to get into the beta, but it's basically impossible. So
0: yeah, I'm looking for like a new FPS, and I'm kind of done with EA.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. I think what
0: John, you should uh, get in on this action also.
1: I mean, um, all of my what? friends are gonna be playing it, so it's gonna be there's gonna be such a big community. My problem is that I
0: hate Blizzard and I think they come up with shite products. Just I, kidding.
1: I think. That, <laughs> no, I'm totally kidding. That's um, fine. <laughs> Blizzard
0: never comes up with anything like groundbreaking, but they probably come up with the most solid oh, yeah. products out of any company, it seems like. Yeah. StarCraft was not the first RTS game, but, but it, it was, was the super best. super solid.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're the Apple of games, like 100%. They take a concept, they make it simple and easy for people to get into but difficult to master it's polished and it's the best of what it does like the best like loot based dungeon crawler is and always will be diablo like the best mmorpg is and always will be wow so like and in my opinion i played all the moas and heroes of the storm is better than league of legends and dota by a country mile so right i mean yeah
0: For those listeners who don't live in the country, that's a long way. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I don't know what the exact conversion from a city mile to a uh, country mile is. Country mile. But a country mile is longer. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. 100%.